This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Nearside Low, or Instagram at Nearside Low underscore podcast. It sounded great, Ray. Uh, we are here, Nearside Low Podcast, Season 2. I'm pretty sure I'm on track this time, Ray. Episode 9. And uh, it is that time of the year, crunch time, as we roll into the uh, the last couple of games of the season. I think we've got Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and that's it. So pretty exciting. Uh, we made it this far, year 2. I hope we can look back at year 20 and, and laugh about the olden days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've got we've got a few more coming, but thanks to everybody who's listened so far. And uh we're really looking forward to the games this weekend. There should be some good ones coming up. So uh, looking forward to some good crowds and some good games. All right, all right. So rolling into our question of the week for the third week, we're going to kind of extend this one. We have gotten some pictures. Uh, I know that. And, Ray, I know you you talked to uh, Mr. Adcock about this a little bit, so why don't you touch on that for us? Yeah, so uh, Steve Adcock's been doing a lot collecting images for us, which we appreciate. Uh, I got some from Julie Drake, from Miguel Figueres, from Brandon Bazant. So, uh, thank you for those submissions. I know there's a few more out there. Uh, this weekend, we'll try and gather a few more. And next week for our next podcast, hopefully we'll have a pull-up and uh, be ready to get some votes for some new headers. But some nice nice pictures so far. Even if we don't get any more, those four pictures that we have or that we've selected will be nice additions to the Missouri Water Polo header. But please submit some more pictures just so we can have a nice nice little poll. Good, and so we are going to have a little Twitter poll also for our kind of new question of the week. Um, it's pretty easy. Twitter only allows you four choices, so we're down to the final four teams. So our question will be something to the extent of who do you think is going to win the state-slash-district crown for 2018? Of course, it'll be SLU, DeSmet, Parkway West, or Ledoux um, in no particular order. So make sure you get on there and vote. I think the last time we had votes, we, we got like 30 or 40 people that voted. So, I mean, let's shoot for... 50 or 60, why not? So we will uh, get that posted. It will be released about the same time as the um, podcast. So rolling on to water polo in the news. I know last night um, I was, you know, we obviously had a game, but I was extensively trying to follow the DeSmet-Lindbergh matchup because I knew that was going to be a good one. And our favorite STL Today reporter, or one of them, Greg Uptain, was actually there. Ray, I, I read a little bit of the article. Did you read the whole thing? or I did. It was, you want to uh, touch on it? or? Yeah, nice article, uh, mainly on the DeSmet Lindbergh game, but also touched on the Slew Marquette game. Uh, basically talking about DeSmet's nine to four win over Lindbergh, um, but some really nice content there. Quotes from uh, Coach Swires as well as Coach Butler talking about uh, DeSmet's performance moving on to state semifinal, and then talking about Slew and Marquette. Same thing. Uh, Slew's fourteen to four win over Marquette, placing those two to match up against each other, but. Uh, nice article there. And then uh, Greg Uptain also wrote an article last weekend about uh, John Burroughs' 7-5 win over Parkway North. Another nice article. There's some pictures online from both of those games as well as 
uh, Lafayette's 10 to 4 victory over Oakville. So Paul Kopsky contributed those. So I encourage you to go out there and check out those. Yeah, head to stldoday.com and uh, click on the high school link and, you know, sports, water polo, and you, you should be able to see that. And um, we were a week ahead of time. KMOV beat us to the story, obviously. But uh, you want to touch on uh, Madeline Hubbs. Uh, we mentioned her last week, a uh, player for Pattonville. And it looks like she got some USA water polo recognition this particular week. Right, so uh, USA Water Polo does these Instagram interviews and counterattack and such, and so uh, Madeline was out there today, today being Wednesday. It's not it's not yet posted on USA Water Polo's Instagram feed, but uh, you can go to Missouri Water Polo's Twitter, and you can see the link to it. But very cool that um, nationally we're getting some, some attention in the St. Louis area. And you wanted to touch on, I think you had a, a quick correction from last week that you wanted to yeah. Yeah, so I uh, just wanted. So last week we talked about uh, all the various stat leaders, and uh, it looked like a few of the coaches wanted to correct some things. The scoring leader and uh, top goal scorer this year um, actually ends up being Jonathan Struckoff from Chaminade. Old lefty, old lefty. Yeah, <laughs> with two two hundred forty eight points and one hundred ten goals. So. Uh, congrats, Jonathan. Awesome year for you over at Chelminade. It was fun to watch. All right, and that kind of coincides. Obviously, we had a really big uh, announcement the other day where we had the release of our all-conference teams, which um, everyone obviously anticipates. I've noticed on the Fast Break Forum, some people have started to ask, what do you think about the all-conference teams? But we really haven't gotten a lot of responses. So, Ray, I'll ask you, what do you think about the all-conference teams? So I, I think this year, probably more than a couple of the previous years, I thought the teams this year were pretty fair in that um, there weren't a whole lot of players excluded or players that I thought were way out of place. Clearly, you can debate um, various things here or there, but I thought I thought the teams were very representative of uh, some of the best players in the area. So, right, right. I, uh, I would I would second that. I I feel like they're relatively fair, and I mean, I, I feel like the boys that deserve recognition got recognition. So um, definitely worthwhile, and gals for that matter. Right. And just we'll throw a shout-out to our players and coaches of the year. So Gateway West, uh, Joe Jelinek from Slough High, and then uh, Gerard Gantier from Fort Zumwalt West was the coach of the year. want to throw a quick shout-out to him. We haven't talked a whole lot about Fort Zumwalt West, but coach at, uh, coach at Gantier at Fort Zumwalt has been – Working there for the last, at least the last 15 years uh, in Fort Zumwalt West, for those of you who don't know, is a club team. So they, they raise money for their for their team. I mean, they, they've over the years traveled to, to various spots for their home pool. Uh, but this year will likely be their last year participating, which which is sad to see. But just wanted to recognize Coach for all the work they've done at Fort Zumwalt West and all the players that have come to that program over the last 15 plus years. Yeah, so congratulations on a great career, Coach. I uh, hope you stop by some polo matches next year and say hello. So, um, yeah. Um, and then, uh, real quickly, just Gateway South, uh, Coach Butler and Mason White from Lindbergh are player and coach of the year. Mason, great, great four-year career over at Lindbergh. Gateway Central, uh, Kazu Gavin, who we've touched on going to the Air Force Academy for Parkway Central, is the player of the year. And, uh Somebody, no, uh, don't, don't, wait. please, Ray, don't go there. He was, <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at Kazu. Good for him. Congratulations. <laughs> and then, uh, so Coach Cutelli got uh, Gateway Central Conference. And then uh, Gateway North, uh, Coach of the Year, went to Mike Clay over at Ledoux. 
and Dixon Bazant was the player of the year. Um, that had a nice, nice season in goal over at yeah, Ladue. Yeah, congrats yeah. to all our all our players and coaches. They were pretty exciting. Um, so just to kind of touch, uh, follow up on that. Obviously, the, the next step would be the all district voting, which I think uh, will be due by from the coaches this particular week, and all of those awards will be announced. I think next Thursday is that when the All Star Game has been set. Yeah, so Senior All-Star Game is going to be this upcoming Thursday. That will be May 17, or May 17 yeah, over at MICS. It's going gonna, it's gonna, hopefully we're going to have a good crowd. So at 4.30 uh, for the second year in a row, we're going to do a girls game. So any high school girls that have participated this season are welcome to come out for that game. That's It's always a fun game to see. Uh, a lot of girls participated last year, so hopefully we'll have a good participation again this year. Then 5.15 will be the Senior All-Star Game. And then at 6 p.m. will be the dinner, uh, the awards banquet. Um, and as those of you that have seen the flyer have seen uh, this year, uh, for the first time in a couple of years, we're going to have a few individuals inducted to the Hall of Fame, which will be exciting. Um, and those will be revealed this Saturday evening, right before the state championship game. So uh, it should be a great evening. Definitely encourage everyone to show up. $5 at the door includes dinner um, and admins to all those events. So um, definitely come on by be there. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, kids get good recognition. The game's always fun to watch. And uh, just uh, reiterate, it's at MICDS this year, not at Lindbergh. Um, so we'll have kind of a new venue, which should be exciting. And you might actually see Ray or myself poolside. And feel free to say hello. We'd love to talk to you. So, uh, and I think that kind of wraps up what we wanted to talk about. Is that right, Ray? I, I think so, Coach. I think right. uh, now, now it's now it's time to bring in the uh, the expert who uh, really <laughs> yeah, knows what he's talking the, the about. And, uh, so, yeah, we are going to bring on Coach Don Casey from MICDS. We did last year, right before the Final Four, and uh, he was able to give us some, uh, I'd say, pretty good thoughts on uh, on what 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 potentially was going to happen. Um, and so, uh, yeah, without further ado, we will bring on Coach Casey. And here we are, Nearside Low Podcast. Uh, we told everybody we'd bring in uh, uh, the big guns to discuss the Final Four. Um, and so we have Coach Casey. Coach Casey, welcome. Thank you. Glad to have Glad you on. Glad to be here. Yeah, we hope to make this, uh, you know, we did this last year. We hope to make this, uh, you know, a ritual every year. So um, I know we, we brought you on to talk about the Final Four, but uh, Ray, do you want to jump into that first? Or we had some other questions we wanted to ask you. What uh, are you sh- thinking? Yeah, let's, let's go Final Four. Let's go Final Four. All right. So, uh, Coach, let's talk about the Final Four. Obviously, you were at MICDS Tuesday night. Um, yes. And you watched the Ledoux Central game, and you watched the uh, Parkway-South, Parkway-West game. So, thoughts on that, and then you can kind of touch on, I, I don't think any of us were at the Lindbergh-Desmet uh, game or the Slough marquette but we're, we'll talk about that just kind of in regards to what we've heard. But if you want to touch on the games that you saw and then kind of what you're expecting for this weekend. Well, I, I, the Ledoux uh, Central game was was a little bit uh, different because Ledoux was missing one of their best players, uh, Alex Vanuski. But I thought uh, I think if I had to rank the teams right now, I'd go with Slu, Ledoux, uh, Parkway West, and DeSmith. That's just off the top of my head. I thought Parkway West was impressive Thursday. I mean Tuesday. Sorry, um, I, one of the coaches from South. I was talking to him afterwards, and he. He said one of the challenges with playing Parkway West is that they kind of come at you in waves. Uh, they've got reserves that come in. They, they counter. One of the things that I was very impressed with um, is that their kids, if you look at their eyes on offense, they're looking for their teammates before they get the ball. They have an idea where they want to go with the ball. Uh, reminds me of SLU. SLU does that. Their eyes are very active. They're looking for their teammates early. And uh, if they can get, their ball to an open te- I mean, get the ball to an open teammate, 
help him score, they do it right away. And that's the thing that I really liked about West. I know that they start slow. I thought Parkway South started very well. Um, but it evened out, and I the difference was, I think, quite frankly, uh, Parkway West is a better team uh, in terms of getting the ball where it needed to be. So that that's a big plus for them. Ledoux has a lot of talent. I, I'm very impressed with, with the kids that are playing. Alex wasn't there, but I, I've seen him play several times. Um, they're going to be a good group. They're going to be a, a tough group for anybody to handle. I think they can, can beat SLU, but I, I just think that SLU has the edge in terms of experience, uh, kids who have been in a game like this and knew how to handle a game like this. Uh, that's to me is kind of the difference. And then I think Weston Dismet, um, it just, it just depends, uh, depends on who's on. And I think West it, it, in the third place, and I'm picking them for the place. I think oh, they, coach. Sorry. Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> right. sorry. I'll forgive you. <laughs> I know it's disappointing. You, you want me to be honest? Or you want me to be, uh, <laughs> hey, that's why we bring you on. We want your honesty. Yeah. Uh, I, I just think that they've got more than than, than this back and handle in terms of numbers and the way that, that they play. They're very. You guys are very aggressive. You you counter hard. Uh, again, you get the ball to the right person early, and that puts a lot of pressure on the defense. So if I rank them, it would be Slu, Ledoux, Parkway West, and then Dismet. That's kind of my my take on what's going to happen. Reading reading some of the articles, uh, the Greg Update article yesterday, uh, Coach Baud in that article said. I think any of these last three teams can beat us. Um, talking about um, the win over Marquette, so do, do you buy do you buy that that quote from Coach Bond? Well, I think he's I think he's saying what he needs to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, no coaches, I I, I I would be very surprised for a coach to say, "Hey, we're number one, we're going to kick ass." I, I think he's right. If if, if Slu doesn't play a, a good game, if they have an off day or if one of their kids is sick or something, now they can get beat. I, I I just think that Slu, I, I I've only seen him play a couple of times, but I think that they play very well as a team. I, I don't think that they're the, as dominant as some of the other teams that I'm through in the, the last couple of years, but they play very well as a team. They're looking for themselves in, in terms of passing the ball to teammates on offense, and they're very active on defense. Their eyes are always moving. They're they're looking and anticipating, and that's a skill that is learned over a couple of a uh, couple of years of competition playing against great competition, I, I think that's the edge that they have over the other teams is uh, that they've got kids that have been on varsity. They've played against some great competition in and out of St. Louis, and uh, that's just an edge that I, I, unless something dramatic happens, I don't see, sorry, Ray, I mean, sorry, uh, Charlie, but I don't see anybody beating them. That's just my own personal opinion. Talk, talk a little bit about, I, I know you've seen games over the course of the season, but the, the progression of some of these teams throughout the year. Like I, I personally have been really impressed by DeSmet um, and Coach Taylor and, and their progress over the year, but um, just some of the changes that you've seen from these teams as, as the season's progressed. Well, I'm, I'm, I've been very impressed with DeSmet. I, I think they were ranked number eight or nine. I'm not sure what the first preseason, but they weren't ranked in the top four. I'm not even sure that they were ranked in the top six. And I've been very impressed. They've, they've got some young players. Uh, the times that I've seen him play, their goalie, each time I see him play, he, he is measurably better. I, I, it's part of the experience of, of a season as you grow during the season. I think he's only a junior. Is that right? Right. I'm not real I sure. Think so, yeah. yeah. And he's a young player, so his improvement is going to be, can be dramatic simply because he's a young player growing up. And I think they've got some other kids. They, as a team, they play, they seem to be playing much better than they were uh, a month and a half ago. 
And again, that's the measure of a young team. As they grow, uh, they're going to get better and they're going to develop. I, I think they're the ones that, that really impressed me. One team that's not in the Final Four that impressed me as far as improvement was Parkway South. Um, I thought they gave you a good game, Charlie. They, they've got some good players, some young players. Uh, but the thing that impressed me about that was they got up on top and you guys came back. And every time I've seen your team play, uh, I think they're a little bit better each time. Uh, you beat up on us, and I'll forgive you for them. But uh, <laughs> but every time I've seen them play, they're a little bit better. And, again, that's the measure of a young team learning and growing through the competition and growing through the season. So uh, I, I, that's why I think you can compete. I just don't know if you can beat them, if you know what I mean. So I, I got the vibe from you that I, you seem pretty excited to be hosting those games on Tuesday night. You know, obviously you guys have a new facility. Uh, so talk to us a little bit about that. Like, you, you have big plans for MICDS's pool in the future. And, I mean, it was a great facility, great atmosphere. Yeah, I, I we're very excited to host. It's the first time to, to have some people come in and see our facility. We're, we're very proud of it. I think it's a great water polo venue. The, the seating is close enough. It's raised this up, but it's close enough that you can get close to the game and, and get a, a feel for the action. Uh, there's plenty of deck space around for the teams, the benches. Uh, the teams that came in for the second game were able to go at the other end, get in the pool, warm up if they weren't while the while the, the competition game was being played. Uh, it's it's a I think it's a great venue. It's all deep. Uh, it's a traditional 25 yards by about 20 yards, full size, all deep water polo facility for this age group. And it was just fun. One of the things that I've always thought about deep water facilities, they take a lot of the, um, how shall I say it, they take some of the frustration and some of the, uh, the difficulty in refereeing and officiating out of it <laughs> because you don't have the bottom. And that was something that the referees all commented on after the games was that the things, you, you eliminate some of those calls that you have to be aware of in the shallow water pool, they just disappear. And that's, that's easier on the referees. I think it's easier on the players. Uh, because they're playing water polo. They're not worried about the bottom. They're not worried about themselves using the bottom. They're not worried about the other team using the bottom. Uh, I thought it was a great night. I really enjoyed it. The fans seemed to be having a good time. Uh, we had a good crowd. We had about, I think, 250 or 300 people there. And they were very uh, vociferous, as fans can be. But it was just, I think it was just a, a, an atmosphere that was conducive to great competition. So let's transition a little bit. So uh, next week we're going to be having the senior all-star game over at MICDS, which we're, right. we're, we're very excited about. Uh, as we talked about earlier, we're going to have the girls game, the senior all-star game, and then we're going to finish with uh, the dinner where the players are presented with their awards, but also um, where we're going to honor the three new Hall of Fame inductees. So we won't announce who those are on this podcast, but can you just talk a little bit about um, the Hall of Fame and your your feelings on uh, this year finally uh, getting uh, three new inductees into the Hall of Fame? Well, I, I think our Hall of Fame is, um, I, I went through the list after we had our meeting and we talked about the three inductees. I'm, I'm not going to bring the names up, but I don't want to dis, uh, uh, disappoint anybody by, you know, spoiler alert or whatever. <laughs> but I went back through the Hall of Fame and we have had a very impressive list of people who have played water polo in St. Louis. I'm not sure... Uh, how many people are aware of the people that we've had, their, their contributions to the water polo in the St. Louis area, but also on a national level. Uh, we've had a number of players that have gone to Division One colleges and have played in the NCAA tournament. We've had a guy uh, from U-City, goalie from U-City in the uh, 70s, played on a UCLA championship and an NCAA 2 final. 
and in the NCAA uh, final took second place the next year. So we, we've had a long tradition, plus in the 50s and the 40s, we've had some great players. We had one of the players, Dick Newman, for which our offensive award is, is named for, who was considered, even by the Europeans, to be the outstanding offensive player in the late 40s and early 50s. And then he coached the Chaminade, started their program. He was my coach when I was a youngster. So as I look at that Hall of Fame, we've got some really good, impressive people that are in that Hall of Fame that have been recognized nationally. Uh, and I think the three people that are going in this year are, are very similar. They've done a lot to contribute to the water polo in this area, but they've also been active on a national level. So that might be, folks, you know, I, I was just thinking about it. You know, that might be something that, uh, Coach, we have you on at some later date to kind of just go through the, the Hall of Fame. I haven't seen the list, honestly. I don't know, Ray. Is it on Missouri Water Polo? Yes. Is it linked there somewhere? It's on, it's it on Missouri right, Water so maybe, Polo, yeah. All right. So it might be worth, you know, having Coach on to kind of go through all those individuals. And, uh, Coach, I'm assuming you probably know everybody on that list. I unfortunately know everybody. That's how old I am. Well, you know, we, we, we like that historical aspect. Thank you. So you, you'd probably be able to give us some <laughs> – some insight into that. That'd be fun. That'd be, I think, fun for our listeners, well, there, right? So, there's there's some something. other people that could talk to about some of these people. I mean, I'd be glad to do it, but it might be beneficial if we had maybe one or other two other people come on who are familiar okay. with these people. It'd be an interesting discussion because, like I said, we have a history of very good people that have contributed, at even at the international level, who have contributed to the sport of water polo. And I think that'd be something that um, – it would be not to make people aware of. So uh, just real quickly, uh, since we didn't get to talk to you earlier in the season, can you just talk a little bit about MICDS this year, um, your team, and how the new facility played into uh, the team this year? Yeah, I can, it's going to be very brief. We were very inexperienced. We had some seniors coming back who did a great job. But we started three kids at, at one point, in fact, in the game on Saturday that, that where Parkway Central beat us. We had three kids in the pool who have one year of experience in water polo, and that's it. So that was just a hurdle that we found very difficult to, to overcome when we're playing somebody like Parkway Central or, or Ladue or even a Parkway West. I, the contribution as far as the pool is outstanding. Our workouts were great. Um, I cannot think of more than – I think we had one bad practice where we had to, to talk to the kids a little bit and challenge them. But the pool, it's a great place to swim. It's a great place to play water polo in. You come in and you want to be in the water when you walk into this pool. And that really helped our program. Uh, I think it's going to help us build the program back up to where we have been. Uh, that's that's my take on our season. We had a good season. We were disappointed where we ended. But I think the team did very well, probably better than, than we would have if we'd been, been in our old facility. These were just great, great workout conditions. A uh, great place to be, a great place to play water polo. And one other thing we'll mention in the coming weeks is the JO qualifiers this summer. The 18 and unders will be at MICDS, which I know right. we're looking forward to as well. So, well, I'm glad uh, you mentioned that because we're excited about hosting the the tournament. Uh, you know, the Midwest zones. We're going to have some of the, and I hope people understand we're going to have some of the best players, high school age group players in in the in in this area, Chicago, Michigan, who are going to come in and play. And I would encourage them to come out and watch these games because it should be a fun tournament. And uh, real qu- real quickly, so we talked a little bit about the varsity, um, but also this Friday there's going to be some really solid JV championship games. Uh, Marquette will take on Parkway West at 5 p.m. in the third-place game on Friday at Lindbergh. And then the championship game will be Slough versus Ledoux at 6.15. So both those teams have only played each other once, and they've been close games uh, both times. So uh, JV should be exciting as well. 
I've had a I had the opportunity today to go out and watch uh, Ladue and Parkway West, and uh, it was a very exciting game. I think it ended up six five with Ladue uh, ending at the end. The West had a couple opportunities. Sorry, Charlie, they just couldn't put the ball in the goal. <laughs> but it was it was a great game, and I know that Ladue is anticipating and thinks that they can beat Slough. I haven't seen the Slough JV, but I know they've got a great coach. Uh, he has had a great upbringing in the, in the sport of water polo. I know, yeah. Who was his middle school coach? That's what I want I, to know. I don't know, but they made a mistake letting him go. They should have given him a scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, Coach Casey. This is the Nearside Low Podcast, and this is Charlie. This is Ray. And I've enjoyed every minute of this conversation. Thank you, guys.